Hello, and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today we have comedian Jamie Schreiner. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm doing... Uh, <laughs> we actually <laughs> talked before this, so it's always awkward when I'm just like, hey, how are you? And we've talked for like an hour about our darkest secrets. Oh, yes. Anyways, um... So today I was going to have you on and just kind of talk about like your mental health struggles and then I know you had like some people in your family and stuff like that to talk about. Yeah. Um, and then just how that affects you. Um, and usually my first question like to everyone is how much time have you done? But like for you, I know you haven't been in a psych ward so more would just be like therapy, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so in therapy I have now done I think about – eight years okay that's like around eight a while like since i was in my late teens okay so i'm like 27 now so since i was 19 um okay and then like kind of late yeah pretty late i mean i'm like i always say like like i'm Mm -hmm. my the jewish culture like everyone's in therapy when they're like excuse me like younger yeah so when i think (laughs) the thing is like and i was kind of saying this to drew a bit before the podcast um in my family, I am the middle child of my family, mm-hmm. and yeah. I had, like, you know, like, younger brother, 12 years younger than me, comes on the scene, and, like, everybody's focusing on him, uh, and then, mm-hmm. like, my other two siblings have some pretty traumatic events happen in their lives that put them either in therapy or in psych wards, and I, you know, mm-hmm. am just stressed about, <laughs> like, being at the top of my class and, like, you know, like, normal childhood anxiety things like yeah. getting into a good college like those are my stressors so I'm just like okay like I'm good I'm fine I don't need to actually manage any of this on a real level because I'm not the one going to through some big traumatic event oh my god absolutely and, and it's like it's messed up but it's like I feel like I didn't start going to therapy until a traumatic event happened to me <laughs> like I guess right sort of, you because that was kind of like the pattern you probably noticed where it was like oh you don't go to therapy unless some big event happens so like mm-hmm. therefore I don't and I have all these small things but I'm just gonna try to contain them until something happens and then it did and then yeah. you're in therapy and it's mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what happened to me where like it wasn't really a big event but like I was kind of forced into it like mm-hmm. my like it was mostly my brother yeah. that like was just like always like the focus of attention and then mm-hmm. I was like Oh, I don't need any help because like I'm not addicted to drugs. Yeah. I don't I don't get kicked out of school yeah. for anything. I don't teachers like me, so I'm like, mm-hmm. well then what's the point? Oh, no, definitely. And it's maybe, like and then you start to think your thoughts are normal. Like I thought my thoughts were normal because I was like, oh, maybe this is just how everyone feels. Everyone hates the world. Yeah. Like I yeah. So yeah. And I like yeah, like when I really think about it, I think like pretty much like from when I was in 5th grade probably until like maybe 22 like Mm -hmm. at least to some small degree i i really really deeply disliked myself um like maybe as a result of like bullying at school or just like my own like my own self-image deteriorating from that but it's like Mm -hmm. looking back on it like i could have used to like like my hearing aids i could have used to have had that a lot sooner than i like i got it a little bit late when did you get them oh my hearing my hearing aids i i well i failed a hearing test when i was 12 and oh then they God. were like, and then you didn't oh, get it's them? fine. They're like, keep an eye on it. It's fine. Keep and an then, eye on it. And then I got keep an ear on it. Yeah, they're like, keep an ear, keep an ear. <laughs> but my hearing is, I didn't get them until I was twenty four, and by that point, I already oh had eighty um, percent tonal loss. And like, I so it got like, worse because you didn't like have yeah, them. Yeah, it got worse because I didn't have them when I should have had them. And, and that's like also like not even just like mental health, but that also just speaks to the fact that like a lot of people like don't put self care first because they just mm-hmm. assume that like everything's first of all everything's gonna be okay 
And then second of all, like, there's other shit to worry about. Well, yeah, and honestly, like, I remember, like, when I failed the hearing test in the seventh grade, I was mortified. And I know, like, the next year my mom brought up, like, oh, maybe we should go get you another hearing test done. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, that's so so embarrassing. (laughs) I don't want to be deaf. Like, I'm 14. I don't want to be deaf. And it's like, yeah. In hindsight, I'm so mad at myself because it's like, it's like yeah, was, no one wants me deaf. Nobody wants me deaf, but like, I'm fucking deaf. Like, right, right, right. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's like, yeah, like I think about like, there are so many times where like, I like had friendships deteriorate over people telling me I was aloof or I wasn't listening or like they, did, they didn't feel understood. Like I remember like my oh best my friend. My because se- you literally could, could not, not hear, hear the like could like because the thing is like with and it's like oh funny because i posted God. a thing on i posted a thing on i bombed and somebody like went out on me like oh it's really interesting that you could hear the person next to you but you couldn't hear the other the person on the other side. i'm like okay listen bitch uh the thing yeah. with my kind of hearing loss is i just don't hear consonants which is like so you can hear like like it's it's so you hear noise i hear noise yeah like i'll hear but it's noise. not like specific it's like is it like muffling like the like if you're on the phone with somebody and it yeah. kind of like a chip bag is crinkling mm-hmm. like if i okay. if i take out my hearing aids like I, I just can't differentiate syllables. Like, I don't know. Right. But you still have trouble, like, hearing with the hearing aids, though, in some oh, situations, yeah. right? Okay. So, yeah. I think, like, if you were to talk to me right now and I wasn't looking at you, I would really struggle. Like, I think part do of Do you read lips a lot? Yeah. Okay. I do a lot of lip yeah. Um, so you could probably watch one of my friend's mom's watches the TV with the, with the I, hearing yeah, I have off. the subtitles. Like, all the time. She doesn't watch it with the subtitles. She could just watch it. And she's not oh. deaf. Like, she just is smart and, like, <laughs> like read people's lips and... It's so cool, but um, that's really interesting that you, like, and that probably contributed to, like, your self-confidence as well, not only, like, being, like, oh, I can't hear them, but also, like, I'm actually losing friendships over this, and friendship, like, losing, a lot of times, like, when you lose friendships, too, it's, like, you start to evaluate yourself as a person, and you always think it's your problem, and never their problem, you're, like, oh, what did I do, what's wrong with me, and then Mm -hmm. even, like, you know the cause of what was wrong, you're, like, but I can't, like, fix that, and then also, like, it's it's almost like it's really sometimes it's just hard to recover from a lot of things with friends yeah well then it's like and like with that as well like the thing is like with certain members of my family and like the the ways in which their mental illness manifested and the ways in which they dealt with it Mm -hmm. i so often had to feel like i was walking on eggshells and and be apologetic uh be the first person to say that i'm wrong and say that i'm sorry even if i hadn't done anything wrong that was like most of my childhood was like just trying to like just get out of the way yeah just get out of the way and so then like I think also with my friendships I had a lot of people feel like I was doing too much like I would be a little bit too like Mm -hmm. oh look we hang out like it's okay oh no no, no." and it would just be like oh my god probably to compensate for the fact that like mm -hmm. you at one point were struggling with that so it's like oh let me just overdo it because this thing like was a loss at one point yeah and so yeah I think that yeah like oh I know like one of my like best memories of this is like when I first moved to Chicago um there was somebody that I like made friends with uh-huh and they had like I think an improv show and they kind of were just like oh like you know free comps if you want to come by and I saw the thing and I was like yeah I'd, I'd have a comp I'll come to the show and I worked in a bakery at the time so I was like oh my gosh I'll bring them like baked goods like this yeah, would be so nice like new sure. friend da, da, da. and I get there and, and and like the person like kind of like passive aggressively ignores me like doesn't talk to me and then i end up going up and being like hey like thanks for the comp like i got you these baked goods and then right. like they're just like oh thanks so much and then i watched her throw them in the garbage no <laughs> and i'm just like 
Okay, You're like, bitch, I can see. Here. I can't hear, but I can fucking see. <laughs> oh, oh my dick. god. I got like, oh, fuck myself. Like, oh man. And it's like, oh I, my <laughs> god. That's literally insane. And well, the, like, well, let's blackmail. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't like, and the thing is, like, I had forgot that I have one. Can you, like, like, wait till you get home to throw them away? Yeah, like, like, what the fuck? I don't know. It's, like, it's so funny because, like, what, what did she throw away? I'm so mad. Do you know how I... <laughs> wait, where did you work? I love babe. Like, I okay. love sweets. I used to work at Fanny's, and the running joke was that they only... Fanny like, Mae? No, just, like, it's a... So it's, like, a, a Polish family... Uh, oh, my God. Is it in Wicker Park? Park? It's no. Jefferson. Okay, okay. There's one in, I go to, I've been to one in, like, yeah, that, like it's like a yellow that. sign. It looks like it's, like, broken down. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that. okay. No, but it's like, Fanny's is in Jefferson Park. Okay. Um, like, really awesome female-owned business. Mm-hmm. And then her parents worked there as well. Like, amazing Polish qualities. And then the running joke was just that, like, they only hire women with fat asses. Because behind the coffee bar was always, like, bumper cars because we all were just, like, large ass. Oh, my God, that's just, like, so funny. Trying to, like, and it's, Trying like, to, like, squeeze over, around, yeah. Yeah, knocking over everything. Um, that's nuts. But, yeah, there was, like, leftover scones. So I was like, oh, my gosh, so nice. I'm going to get friendship points because I'm a Leo and I'm a people pleaser. So I'm like, oh, my yeah, God. Uh, these are going to go in the garbage. Or I can give this give them as social contraband. And then they literally went in the garbage. Yeah. Wow, what a bitch. Uh, no, it's probably just, like, I told... Um, like, one of my best friends from college that night, like, I was leaving there, and I texted her, I was like, are you home? Like, I'm just really sad. Can I see you? And I, like, actually, I mm-hmm. forgot that that had even happened until my best friend from college a few weeks ago. She's like, do you remember? Yeah, you isn't that funny when, like, that, the scones, <laughs> the scone like, incident? I'm still yeah. pissed at that person for doing that to you. Like, I don't even remember. But <laughs> well, of course, like, I would, I'm still mad. Like, I, I'm mad about that. <laughs> that, like, makes me mad. But I feel like that's, that's, like, honestly, I, I can relate a lot to that just because, like, I, I don't know. I think that a lot of times I was overly like that. And then I started to kind of put myself first. And But before, it was, I was like that where I wouldn't like bring people stuff. But I was always, my friend would be like, I'm not doing okay. I would literally take my mom's car and go over to their house and console them and be like, do you want me to get you anything kind of thing. And now it's not like I won't go see a friend. But I won't go see a friend unless like, okay, let's FaceTime first. Let's talk. And if worse comes to worse, I have to come see you, I will. But like, I'm going to take care of myself first because mm-hmm. I have a life and I have shit to do. Exactly, and it's like, I'm like, I felt like I started getting on that bus so, so late, because just like, I was so used to like, and my parents, like, and the thing is, I love my parents, my parents are the most beautiful, wonderful people, and like, we've mm-hmm. had our disagreements, but I, I'm really fortunate that I do have a really positive relationship with my parents. Mm-hmm. However, my parents, because of the trauma they experienced in their youth, I think, go above and beyond to like, validate their children, and like, let their children have like a voice and a vote and it's, it's like, almost like works too much against their favor yeah, it's like, yeah the thing is like i feel like i'm lucky because i was able to like self-awarely start giving myself boundaries uh-huh whereas with yourself or like yeah, with like other with, okay with myself with other people mm-hmm. i think that like to some degree like if you don't demonstrate with your children boundary making sometimes they don't always learn how to do it themselves and I feel like mm-hmm. with my siblings mm-hmm. some of them have not learned themselves how to like set absolutely boundaries. yeah and I'm lucky that I was like able to be self-aware enough to be like oh I, I I'm not drawing a circle and saying no like I am doing too much for people who like not to be rude but like would not do that for me like, mm-hmm. and, and it's, like it doesn't or just be... like you don't need to like it's not necessary yeah, so, sometimes it's just not necessary to do these mm-hmm. things because it's not like you're doing things that are normal you're doing things that are above and beyond what any normal person would do yeah. and you're like i don't need to do that if they wouldn't even do a little even less than what yeah. i'm doing and just like, like, it's yeah just, i don't even feel like 
friendships necessarily have to be tit for tat. I think it's just like I literally was like, ah, like just doing too much. Like, mm-hmm. and then it, it, it does make, I do, I think it does make other people uncomfortable to some degree when you do that much. Cause they're like, oh my gosh, like, do you value yourself at all? Like you need to be putting right. more time. Like, cause if you are spending so much time giving so much of yourself to other people that you don't have any room to give time back to yourself, like, you just uh, yep. spread mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. you don't. Oh yeah. That yourself. was me in high school when I would go to like people's houses and stuff. It was a way to just deflect from what I was going through. Like I was super, super yeah. depressed and anxious and I would just be like, let's go to this person's house and save them. So I don't have to like save myself. And honestly, and, yeah. yeah. Like I think I, I definitely, mm-hmm in the same way have fallen into like a like a mommy auntie caregiver role mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i can I mean, see that yeah like my my first boyfriend that i was with on again off again for five years um was addicted to cocaine and heroin and like would relapse and blame it on me and it like i just like i oh think for a really long time i was like i don't even want to say addicted but like drawn to and felt like I could do my best and be my best version of myself in these type of relationships because i was taking care of somebody you had a purpose. Yeah, it gave me a purpose. Right. It's like, actually, it's a lot healthier and feels a lot better and cooler to give yourself your own purpose rather than 100%. having other people. And then, like, also not giving into this idea that, like, it's that – and I think also when you set boundaries for yourself and with other people, you kind of realize that you really can't take anything personally because you're setting – like, you're set, you're establishing the fact that, like, let's say, you like, like, you break up with him. You're like – Oh, I'm actually establishing the fact that I'm my own person and I can be my own thing without you and we're we have two separate identities. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you say like, oh, um, you know, if he blames that on you, you can be like, oh no, it's actually not my fault. But then once you like I don't know, I just feel like if you're yeah. you learn how to separate yourself once you establish a boundary that like I have my own identity, I can do my own thing. You have nothing to do with me. I don't need to take your overdose personally or your like over usage or whatever personally mm-hmm. because that has nothing. You're the one buying the drugs. You're the one using doing those doing that, those yeah. behavior. A hundred. You're not shoving it yeah. up as. And here's the thing. Here's what I always learned too with addiction is like even if you're shoving it up their nose, literally, they consented to it. Like they, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Like even if you yeah. shot the needle in his arm, he's the one that consented to it. And yeah. I know that is a really controversial stance on it, but that's what I've had to accept with the things that I've faced with my own family yeah. is that like people blame my parent like or my parents like giving him money and knowing they were going to use on drugs but just giving him it to make him come go away because my brother would beg 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 for money I'm sure you can relate to that and my family would finally give and just give him money and he would use and sometimes overdose and it's not my parents fault yeah because it's like they're- my brother could have taken that money and gone to a hospital and been like here I need help yeah. Here's the copay. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of, like, ways that that can veer away from, um, from like, the the idea that it's other people's fault, you know? And, and it's, oh, it's the parents, and it's this, and it's this, and it's like, no, it's actually the person who's doing it. Why, why do we never blame them? Yeah. And not say, like, to blame them, be like, yeah. they're addicts, but I'm saying in the sense of, like, it's not other people's faults they're addicted. If they're addicted, that's fine. Let's get them help. But it's not your responsibility to save them and or to, like, accept the blame for that and and like one of my favorite phrases to live by and like it's something that i tell like the students i teach and i tell mm-hmm. any of my friends when i go through a hard time it's just the, the idea that you have no control nope. over how other people act to you or what happens to you in your life all you have control over is your reaction is how you react to it mm-hmm. yeah. so that like, helps me a lot too and once i learned that i was like 
Oh, that's so true. Mm. Because then at least you know your base is covered. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's like there's a lot of times where like when my brother will like call me and be like, I need money or like I'm going to commit suicide or this or this or this. And then again, if he does, I mean like poo, 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 like knock on wood, like yeah, if he but... does, but like that's still not my fault for not giving him money because otherwise he's going to kill himself. Like clearly he was already in that state before. Yeah. But but my point is like I can only control how I react to it and just saying like I love you and I can't do anything to help you, but I love you. That is what I want him to know and that's yeah. my base. I did all I can do. Mm-hmm. And that's like why I think a lot of times – Especially, like, growing up, you said, like, you people in your family, like, struggle with, like, mental health yeah. issues. And I think it's important to, like, honestly go through sometimes people with addictions. You kind of learn the value of, like, knowing that you're the only reaction that, like, matters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can't take that personally. Like, anything that's lashed out back at you. And, and it, that as well as, like, sometimes, like, no matter what you say and no matter how you react, they've already made up their mind of what they're going to do. A hundred percent. Preach, dude. Heroin in your arm. You know what I mean? Like, you can't say that you overdosed because I broke up with you because you were going to shoot up heroin tonight anyway. Like, it, it it's addicting matter. no matter if you are with him or not. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. the substance stance alone, like, it's addicting on itself, and there's no reason. It's a justification of why they're using it because it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a very like it's a very thing. Like, it's always that thing of it's it's so stigmatized in the sense of like. Oh, at least at least while well, I'm doing coke tonight, but at least I'm not doing heroin. It's always yeah. that like that's the worst drug, and it's mm-hmm. always that. And so that stigma of oh I used it is oh well, well it's because she broke up with me. Yeah, you can't just do heroin things. because you like it and it feels good and it's literally the best feeling in the whole fucking world. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. like so I've heard. Yeah. So it's like obviously they need a reason to justify it, and unfortunately you fall to blame because you're the closest thing to them. And, like, you just, I mean, and honestly, like, I wanted to just ask you, like, how did that affect your mental health and, like, affect your behavior in the future? Oh, my gosh. I mean, honestly, like, the first, okay, so, and I feel like this just shows, like, how I, in my youth, I really did gravitate towards, like, relationships where I have to prove myself to somebody. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the first interaction I had with this guy is... One of my friends posted a picture on MySpace back in the days of MySpace. Oh my God, stuff. All of us on New Year's <laughs> Eve, like mirrors, like or not mirror, like angle selfie. We're drunk, like yeah, we're yeah. fourteen, we're yet way too young, but we're drunk. Right. It's Indiana. Yeah, you drink at an early age, right? I, I drink at a very early yeah. age. Yeah, I was like thirteen or fourteen. Okay, the yeah. First time, but I'm like very red in the face, like uh. Mm-hmm. And the guy, and the guy that I ended up dating for five years on and off with the drug problem, he commented on the photo bottom right sahadi sarcastically but me being the sweet gullible genuine person i am i'm like oh my gosh this guy thinks like he's hitting on me and my friends had to like direct message me and be like jamie no like he was making fun of you <gasps> like when he said bottom right sahadi he and meant then that, you like, he you ugly. dated him for five years and then i dated him for five years first interaction i ever okay, had well I there's the source years. of the problem yeah like, like, <laughs> i think we figured it out <laughs> like, yeah like the I think I'm like, oh, he thinks I'm ugly, so now I have to prove to him that I'm pretty him for five years. Yes. Oh my Even god. He totally relate to like that. Garbage. Oh no, like, and then like the, so I said we were on again off again for five years. The first time we broke up, he said it was because um he could be dating a girl who looks like a model and he should be. And obviously that's about like me being a bigger girl, a bigger set girl. And like I, I was a lot bigger at the time than I am now, but I mm-hmm. still know that I'm by no means like conventionally thin and yeah, I, it's not my is, body type I never read right, that and I'm right. very comfortable and happy in it now mm-hmm. but at the time like I think it was just like I felt so poorly and insecurely about myself and was so anxious about fitting in that it's like oh this person like 
because they have nagged me or put me down, like they are the one I have to convince that I'm beautiful and awesome, even though. A hundred percent. Do you know how many times that I, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm yeah. making it about me, but like, I, there's so many times where I've done that where like there's guys in like a new like training program at work yes. or like a new like in like um at camp that won't really give me the time of day and I will do everything in my power to try to find out whether they think I'm hot or not. And then also like, no, I'm not even kidding you to like prove to them that like, Oh, I am. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with me that like, it's clearly those people who have issues that are insecure and need to act aloof to try to prove to people like, Oh, I'm better than you. I don't need to look at you. And it's those people who like have the fucking issues. And why am I the person that try to prove to them that like, I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Or like, no, I mean, hundred percent. There's so many times where I try to like say things purposely. So they're like, Oh, that's cool. Like you do cool stuff. Like I'll like, Oh, I still do that sometimes like subconsciously. And then I'll catch Mm -hmm. myself where I'll say something around somebody that I want to prove myself to. And I was actually just talking about this with one of my coworkers (laughs) and I was like, there, there's still misogynistic tendencies in my brain that I'm like, oh, I actually want this hot guy to look in my ass, even though I have a boyfriend. And I'll talk to my boyfriend about it. He's like, yeah, it's honestly because you're like used to like douches and like all this stuff, which I do. Like that's just who I'm attracted to. And that's mm-hmm. because I try to like prove it to myself. And now I'm obviously like, you know, my boyfriend, yeah. like super sweet guy, oh, no, but it's like, like yeah. <laughs> you guys are like babes. <laughs> Thank you. Like, so sweet. Thank no, you. I, but like, that's why I feel like, but still, I even tell him, like, yeah, there's so many times where, like, there's hot guys, and, like, I want them to look at my ass and think I'm pretty because I have to, like, prove myself to them. Well, and it's, like, the number, like, and, like, I, like you know, like, you're my personal friend. The viewers at home will know something I'm about to say. Like, I'm a sexual girl. Like, I, yeah. I'm very sex positive. I love sex, like, with men, women, people. Like, it's something I enjoy. But, oh, my God, the amount of time I spent in my teens and early 20s having sex for validation of self-worth is just like disturbing to me as an adult because I'm like okay like this is not like yeah like this is good like this is fun like this feels good for the person doing this with me but this is not my entire value and worth as a person and when I and when did you like realize that though I think I realized that when I met my husband because I think it helped me realize like that there, there can be a person who sees you, your cares flaws, about you. all your shit, loves you and cares for you, and, mm-hmm. like, you're not the backup option. Because I think for the longest time, like, I had that relationship with that guy on and off again for five years, and there's, like, some other, like, little short-term things in between. But then also, like, for a really long time, I was sort of on again and off again with a guy who consistently, I was, like, the girl he would call when he broke up with his girlfriend. Like, I was always uh-huh. the backup option. Yeah. But then now that I'm not available, there's a problem. And so it's just like, hmm. I think that to me, I was like, oh, like, if I can get this person that I'm, like, seeking out to sleep with me, then I'm pretty or cool or, like, it Oh, my matter. God. It's That's, like, like all, these- all I did in college. Like, yeah. and I didn't, like, I didn't, like, hook up, like, a lot, but I had, like, one night stands sometimes and that was the only reason why and i would like tell my roommate too i'm like he's from have you ever do you know what the air force is yeah yeah. like the school yeah yeah okay so they would all a lot of times like they would come to our school like over the weekends um and they'd they'd yeah they'd be at the bars and like i i remember like i had sex with one of them and i was like oh my god i'm the coolest person ever blah 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 and we hooked up for like like a few nights and I just, like, was, like, oh, my God. And I honestly felt like I was a better person because of it. 
And and it, and I'm not saying like that I'm better than people, but I felt more validated and I had self worth. So I was like, oh, maybe I am pretty. But it's like, why would I need to have sex with somebody who's hot to like prove to that to myself? That right, because no matter if I'm having sex with somebody or not, I'm I look the same no matter what. I'm still the same person inside and out. It doesn't matter. And that's like why it's like it validates you, but then what? It validates you for ten seconds. But it's like I literally like and like I'm still kind of embarrassed. I said this. Uh, I was talking to Matt and Alexa about this the other day. Matt. I, uh, Matt Bright, who records. This oh, who thing. is an amazing yeah. producer of this amazing podcast. Producer. No, I was talking to Matthew, I'm sorry, I was uh-huh. talking to Matthew and Alexa. I literally, when I was 19 years old, um, a guy who seemed like he was like 25, 26 years old was hitting on me, <clears throat> and we like went off to like hook up in a bathroom at Purdue University's campus, and he literally took a poop in my <gasps> presence, and I still had sex with this man. Like, Wait, in your what? He took a, like, it was... Oh, in a poop in your... Oh, I thought like, you meant, like, in, he gave you a present and pooped oh, no. in it. I was oh, like, no, wait, like, what? Was, like, we're in this, like, one-stall bathroom, and he just, like, drops trout and, like, does a poop while I'm in the room, and I, like, still... Hooked? Fuck this guy. No. So hot. I, like, like, what kind of... This shit like, didn't stink enough for you to... <laughs> no, I was just like, all right, uh, yeah, I just, like... That I is insane. I felt, like, cool about it, because I was like, right. oh, this guy's hot, like... Yeah. What is wrong with your brain and yourself? I mean, and this is like I'm talking about myself, but like, seriously. It's, yeah. It's... But that just goes to show like how far, like your that goes just goes to show that nothing can really fill that except you and your own thoughts. Exactly. Right. And the yeah. thing is, like, and I can talk about this because I I talk about it in my standup. Mm-hmm. Talk about it in my show. Mm-hmm. Like, my older sister, she um would like kind of bully me and pick up me for like the way I looked and I think that that really kind of like oh my god 100% it's 100% like yeah. transferred into my self image for a really long time I think it took me like letting that go forgiving her like her letting that go and like in being secure in herself that she didn't have to speak to me that way for yeah. me to be like oh actually like I'm worth more than this type of behavior yeah well that's you know? I mean that's good now that it's good but break alrighty we are back from break and um I need my pimple popped, so yeah. There's no makeup team on this show, so I actually oh, no. have to look a little natural. So I wish there was, since I like cried mine off on the way. I know it's funny because I know, when, I when, know. I feel bad because when when you said like I got a pop is it, and I said which one, it reminds me of earlier. I said to Alexa. <laughs> yes, Jamie said. <laughs> I said I have to pop is it. She goes which one? So thank you for letting me know, know. they're literally everywhere. <laughs> it's only when I'm on my period. They just like they're all like you know when you have like I ones that are like two, about. Though. I didn't see. Okay. I just you saw didn't the see the two because they're next to each other. Literal connect the dots, but like you know how like when you see one like forming when it's yes here mm-hmm. and it's like. It looks like kind of like a white head, but then when you get your period, it just like pops up. That's what is happens. Is that the to big me. old? Duh. I have well, the thing is, I know like I don't know if it's because I'm aging, but I started getting blackheads. I've never gotten blackheads, <gasps> and I started getting like Same. really big and I, grizzly. I have Biore strips now that I like a little. Sit. Sh- I love that. When it's like they sometimes work, but, but Alexa, I had like seen a Le- Alexa Jaeger, who's a dear friend like of mine. Amazon Alexa. It's it's ja- it's Jaeger, and I still say Jaeger, and I'm Everyone an asshole because yeah. I say it wrong, but. I went and I was like, before I was coming here, I was like, oh, like, does my makeup look okay? And she's like, I was about to say, what makeup? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> but she's like, but then I stopped myself. So I, I didn't stop myself, though. I said, which one? And yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. No, you're good. It's oh, fine. Man. I get it. Um, <laughs> it's been a long year. I get year. it. It's been um, a long year already. Okay, so I was going to ask you, because um, I know you're like, said you were comfortable talking about it. Sure. Um, <laughs> you're like, shaking in the corner. Um, 
So I was going to ask you about, like, because I know, like, the second half of the podcast, we always talk about, like, specific topics or what's, like, pertinent mm-hmm. to you. And obviously this podcast, I really try to get people to open up just a little bit about, um, mm-hmm. it's not really about, like, and just, like, as a pro, like, a declaimer, like, it's not really about the psych ward and the experience. It's more really, like, people who have been in a psych ward obviously have been to a point where it gets that bad. Yeah. And that's, like, why I have them on. And it's not really about, like, it's, it's sometimes it's about, like, the institutionalization of it and how uh-huh. you feel shitty. But I'm not going to sit there and talk about that all day. I kind of want to just get into people's backstories. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you about, like, obviously, like, the event that kind of puts you into therapy. Yes. And then also, like, how that affects you now. Because, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that until, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And so, like, why don't you, like, retell it sure. or, like, whatever. Uh, so when I was... I think 18 going on 19 years old Mm -hmm. I worked at a camp in California and we would have um, a week on a week off and on the week off we would sometimes get off camp and travel and go to places and I happened to go off camp to Las Vegas because my best friend from the camp um, was leaving from Vegas and so he like convinced these people to let me go with them on the trip even though I wasn't really close to them I was just close to the one guy anyway he leaves and I'm stuck with these three people I don't really know and I somehow managed to lose them and I don't have a room key so I'm like locked out of the room and the hotel like at night in Vegas and I go and appeal to these two men and I ask them for help uh, to like you know try to like use a phone or like get a hold of them so I could get back or just like my... yeah maybe call like the front desk and ask for a room key or something yeah something like, yeah um, and I end up getting like picked up by the two of them which I know something that I like had said about me by like assholes at college is just like oh they picked her up yeah I got like picked up and like carried off by these men and I was like um <laughs> like uh, I feel like like them is not the best way to go into this but yeah I was raped by these two men um I'm sorry they I think the thing that to me like is still the most haunting about it and I think is like what changed me as a person is that they uh, took photo and video of this um, and like I still don't know like what it looks like or is it out there is it like on the internet Um, and I like had to go eventually like back to I like was able to eventually get back to the room um, that I was staying in and I like banged on the door and like opened up the door and the guy who, who like was in the group of like counselors I was traveling with just like started laughing in my face and said <gasps> wow must have been another wild night for Jamie and it's like I had like a black eye no. and like a black like bloodshot eye and like like bruises all over my body and he like laughed in my face um and then, yeah, I, like, went back to the camp and tried to act like I was chill. But then, like, I, thank God, like, one of the girls, because it was, like, two girls and this guy, one of the girls was, like, really pressed me. She was like, Jamie, like, I'm I'm not trying to, like, bother you, but, like, I know you were raped. Like, you need to report it. And I'm her name is Alexis, and if she's out there and, like, watching, I know there's not a ton of viewers of this, but, like, I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that she had me report it. But, unfortunately, like... I felt so ashamed when the guy said, like, another wild night for Jamie. Like, I I used a douche in the bathroom of the freaking CVS in Vegas that night. So there was, like, no evidence left on my body. Like, they, I, I did a rape kit, but there was nothing left. Um, and then, yeah, like, I left camp a week early. Um, 
the medical professionals like advised that I take a semester off from college, but I refused to do that. So I like went back to college and like got cast in my first main stage, uh, made the sketch group finally. And like all these things happened for me, but I was like not okay to be doing any of it. Uh, like my best friend that semester like went around and started telling people that I was making it up for attention, which is just like, why would somebody even right. do that? Like, I think, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, honestly, like that friend turning on me, like, I'm not going to say it's more hurtful than the actual event. Like obviously the actual event is hurtful, but like sorry, having something like that happen to you and then being called a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's like, I, like a lot of time has passed since it happened and like I feel like I've grown a lot from it and I do get like I get, I get emotional talking about the friend I think just because um it's something I'm passionate about I'm, mm-hmm. I'm passionate about like believing women believing survivors mm-hmm. and um it took me a really long time to be okay but I'm really grateful for therapy for it and I just yeah like I so that's like kind of what sent you into therapy yeah did you go like like right like when did you go like when I you were in college did you go then when i was in college i had a like pretty severe mental breakdown during that fall semester like probably mm-hmm. like a month in during the time that you like got cast and everything yeah yeah i cast everything was going on and one of my professors uh like pulled me aside and was like you you need to go like i'm taking you like you need to go start doing because i had like confided in her what had happened Um, and she's like you need to start going weekly like I think it's really important especially you have so much on your plate right now like you need to start working through this so yeah so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask you like after that event happened and that guy like laughed at you was there anybody else there that you talked to about it um I talked to like when I got into that sketch group it's funny because like I was in this sketch group and I was kind of like at a random hodgepodge of people that I went to college with but I wasn't really close with um, and I got incredibly close to them over that semester because, like, they were sort of, like, my support system through it all, as well as, like, um, my best friend from home who was living in Indianapolis at the time. I leaned on her a lot, and um, I think that it was, it was honestly, like, going to therapy as well as, like, writing those sketches and being in that sketch group like having something to laugh about and mm-hmm. i think that's probably like mm-hmm. why i ended do up comedy. doing what i do because right. it's like the sketch group is something that i like i auditioned on a whim because like my best friend well not not the one who like stopped being my best friend basically i had like two best friends freshman year of college that hated each other and both of them was like i don't get why you're friends with them i don't get why you're friends with them and then it's like oh yeah the other that's one so hard. The, the one that i still talk to and i'm really close with was in the sketch group and was like you need to try out I think this would be really good for you right now. Like, get your mind off of things and, like, put your energy towards something positive. Yeah. And, oh, I loved it. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. like, I just threw my heart into the sketches. And then the main stage I was in, it was Cinderella, and I was playing one of the stepsisters. Oh, dope. And the other girl, well, oh, God, I, I have to mention. So, like, the other girl who was the other stepsister, it was her freshman year and it was my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And she's, like to this day like one of my best friends like lives in Chicago I'm literally hanging out with her tomorrow night like Mm -hmm. she was my new friend and I like confided in her too because we were there every day at rehearsal like having to be stepsisters and play off each other I like I feel bad that I would forget about that but yeah it's like uh because they would like oh they would call us to these rehearsals and they would be choreographing like the dancing at the ball which obviously like the stepsisters are barely in that because we're not dancers we're just there to be funny Mm -hmm. and so we would like 
just like fuck around in the back, but then we kept getting in trouble because <laughs> we were like distracting from what they were. Right, right. Oh yeah, for do. sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I've done that so many. Yeah. No, yeah. I got kicked out of, um, almost kicked out of dance, and then I quit for talking too much. Like I couldn't like, <laughs> like I couldn't. They're like, Drew, this isn't like if you want to like do gymnastics and what, because you can talk in gymnastics because you're yeah. like, it's not like there's like dancing going on. You're just kind of like talking to your teammates. Yeah. And I was on point in like eighth grade, and I was, and there was people, and I was like, oh, we're not supposed to chit chat, and they're like, no. Oh my god! Like you need to focus. I'm like, well, focus is not in my vocabulary, so I'll see myself out. I well, the thing is, like, I used to do dance, and I like, I still did. I had to do dance class in college for musical theater, but I stopped doing like actual dance classes in a dance studio because when I was 12, the girls made fun of me because I wore underwear under my leotard. And apparently you're supposed to just wear Oh, my tights. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at your bunchy underwear. So disgusting. And I was just like, Mom, I don't want to go to dance anymore. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I used to wear – it's so funny because, like, nobody – they always told us for, like, gymnastics for high school, they're like, you could either wear, like, just a leotard with no underwear or you can wear, like, tan underwear. And, like, there would be, like, one person who wore tan underwear and we're like, what the fuck are you – like, one of my best friends wore it and I was like, take it off right now. You look like, yeah. insane. <laughs> I, like – feel sorry and remorse to anybody who has to wear my leotard from gymnastics because <laughs> I would pee nervous pee before I like did anything and sometimes it would like start dripping down my leg because I was so nervous for like beam and stuff and like just it was like so nerve-wracking for the meets I bet. and it was just nerve-wracking because it was like all these expectations and pressure and like I, like my freshman year I was the only freshman that made like the junior varsity team because there was like a freshman team yeah, and then JV and then varsity so I was like the only freshman that made JV so I would just like sit there shaking and like start like peeing and then I'm like whoever has my leotard like they should have thrown it out you just kept peeing sometimes yourself. it would like get on the beam and I was like I am so sorry for whoever has to go through but I, my anxiety was, and it wasn't and I'd go to the bathroom and like nothing would come out it oh, was yeah. nervous pee. Like, it wasn't actual pee. It's, like, literal just... Blah. Oh, exactly. So, like, yeah, it's... Those things are, like, super embarrassing, and I've, like, talked about them openly now, but during gymnastics season, I would, doubt, like, dare bring up that I've, there's, like, my pee on the beam that everyone's using. You know what I mean? Like, it's so disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. I'm just imagining... No, like, it's so yeah. nasty. Like, and, like, I would, like, do bars and stuff, and I remember, like, I'd come down and, like, land or, like, in floor, and I would start pee... Like... I just like couldn't stop myself oh my and like it God. wasn't like all the times I eventually got used to but, like the first couple of meets and like certain times when like they like I remember they they like switched up the order and like the the order that the gymnasts go in and it was like the people who go first actually got the highest score mm -hmm. and so like one time I went first because I got the highest score and I um got like the lowest score ever I like couldn't compete like I literally fell off the bars like seven times like I like it was bad and like the pre I couldn't deal with like that pressure there was yeah. no pressure I can deal with and diving I could deal with it but in gymnastics it just like got to me too gymnastics much. is like I feel like terrifying it was too much I just couldn't I didn't like it at a certain point um but I wanted to like ask you too like Especially, like, with the Me Too movement going on, and I think there's a lot of, um, since it's so open now, I think that, not so open in the sense, like, but it, since it's yeah. so open about, like, anything that people go through, like, what are your thoughts on, like, people, like, like, I just want you to describe, like, how did that make you feel when somebody was like, oh, you're just doing it for attention, or you're, like, because people have said that about me self-harming, like, I think that, um, mm -hmm. it makes the situation, like you said, like, almost way worse than what you went through. Yeah. Because it's somebody that you, like, know and confide in and then they like turn their back yes. on you and it's like oh did I not go through that like it's like I feel like it's its own awful kind of gaslighting in a way because it's like here you are you've you've lived through this traumatic 
experience. You literally survived. Like, like, literally. Like, I had, I mean, I had to run away, like, from the situation. Like, I had to, like, wait inside an opportunity to, like, open the door and run out. And so then... And, like, you were banging on the door because you... Yeah, because I had, like, was were worried they, they were, like, did they after ru- me. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't look back. I wasn't... You didn't know if they were in. I didn't know you, if they like, were how did you, after me. Can I ask, like, how you got away? Like, what happened? Basically, um, when I had, like, an opportunity where, like, one of them was distracted, I just, like, got up and, like, I grabbed my clothes and I, like, opened the door and I, like, ran down the hallway and I, like, ducked in somewhere and, like, got myself dressed, like, in the lab, like, in the hallway of this hotel and, like, went down to the lobby and, like, took off running again mm-hmm. to, like, where I was supposed to be. And I was, like, lost at this point because I, like... Well, the other thing is I didn't have a phone at the time because, like, on the previous time off, I had dropped my phone on the toilet. Oh, my God. So this was, like, yeah. Just so, a like, shit show. It was just a shit show. Like, honestly, like, in hindsight, like... Part, like, there's a huge part of me who's like, oh, I never should have gone to Vegas because I didn't have a phone. Like, yeah, I no, I don't say that. Like, don't say that. Don't say you that. You can't, Mm-mm. like, yeah, you can't No, you shouldn't ever utter those story, words. It's not you your fault. It's not your fault. And literally, like, yeah. a million people go to Vegas and... Don't don't get raped. raped exactly. Like, so and, and and a lot of people do, which mm-hmm. is fucking sad and awful and a yeah. horrible experience. But like, that's the point. Is like we're talking about people blaming you and saying that you did for attention, and you're yeah. still bringing up the fact that maybe you shouldn't. Have, you see what well, I'm saying? It's where it's like, like you're still blaming yourself for like part of it. Oh my god! And I just saw the like, El Hefe fucking Chicago thing of oh like god, the yeah, lawyer, mm-hmm. and I fucking hope you're watching, motherfuckers. But the lawyer trying to make a case that it was the girl's fault because she went to a bar and drank like this is 2020 like get the hell everyone's out of here i'm going to a bar to drink is that like everyone's yeah, and drinking. i'm sorry the like, staff was like less than 100 yards away like you were an accomplice to that at that point oh you turned a blind eye there's and you cameras everywhere i'm sorry bars are the most secure like places when like even like if a mini fight starts to break up bar people come so i don't know why that would have happened yeah and it's honestly it just it makes me well just like speaks to that like there's a lot of work to do well the thing is like you you have this whole thing of like oh it's so hard to be a man today and cancel culture but then you're doing shit like this and getting away with it like no i'm sorry this is why like i mean and i I do think that like cancel concert cancel culture in some ways has gotten out of control in terms of like there's no restorative justice or like right right any it's of that. literal cancel like yeah can, it's like, literally like culture. throw you in the garbage yeah. like yeah. there's no room for redemption and restorative justice i think mm-hmm. that we need to bring that back into the equation however we're also seeing people who do not even have to do time for their crimes especially in terms of sexual assault like brock turner and like this i'll have i think this oh my god don't even don't about brock. To... that's like and, and can i just say yeah. like as we actually have to wrap up but can i just say that the yeah. thing about brock turner because like especially like i didn't expect to be a college athlete and i was a division one athlete and like mm-hmm. seeing how mental health is handled and i should have somebody on that's been in the ncaa like seeing how mental health is handled in the ncaa honestly they should all be ashamed of themselves because mm-hmm. i the reason why i quit diving was because of mental health issues and like they couldn't handle it and not to say like i didn't play a part in it there was sure I, uh, I played a part in it with my really really severe i'm diagnosed with major depressive disorder like yeah. i have issues and very severe ocd um and i'm really really doing well now and i'm like almost like i guess like in remission if you will but yeah. like but like i was actually just talking about this today and like i don't want to ever bash anybody but like i think it's about time i come out and say this like i literally went um i the reason i quit diving was because of my mental health issues and i was at a so i so basically this is like the one minute version of it i went 
um, to University of Denver for diving, and it was my first meet competing in the season because they had me set out because of my mental health issues, okay? So it was my first meet competing, Mm -hmm. and I was at Indiana University, like IUPUI, and they basically um, had me compete. So I was warming up and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm done, right? So I go home with my mom. So I only had those clothes that I was gonna wear for conference for a week. I go home and then I like never go back to school because I'm like, I can't do this. Like this is too much for me right now. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to a therapy program and like in that kind of time, I attempted suicide, right? So then mm-hmm. I went back to school to get all my stuff because all my stuff was there. Cause I only came to Indiana for the weekend. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like I didn't have your- my clothes for like three months. So all I had was, like, Denver swimming and diving shit when I, like, didn't want to be associated with that, okay? And I went to my coach to, like, sign the NCAA paper that says, like, you're not on the team anymore. And I told him what happened. I was, like, I attempted suicide. And he was, like, here's the piece of paper. Like, didn't even, like, acknowledge, like, anything I said. And I was, like, the fact that you're reacting like this. And I'm, here's the thing. I'm not trying to get a rise out of him, but I want to let him know how bad it got and that they didn't do anything that was productive to help me. They tried to put me in therapy. They tried to do this, but they never asked, like, are you okay? They saw cuts on my arms, and I know for a fact they saw them, and they never did a fucking thing about it. And here's the thing. Like, I'm sorry if, like, maybe I did do it for attention. Why can't you help me? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's my issue with all this shit is, like, why can't you fucking say something and stop with this bullshit oh we can't do anything because we're a a collegiate association Uh. and all this bullshit and it's like well let's just send her to the sports psychologist i'm sorry but i am why if i'm sitting in a sports psychologist's office for 30 minutes how is that gonna conduct to my class you need to i would have meetings with like my coach and my sports psychologist and he would just be like well we're working on it and it's like bitch you're not (laughs) stop acting like this is not a fucking problem i was cutting myself and my brother was calling me saying i'm gonna kill myself because i'm about to overdose on heroin and if he doesn't give me money i'm gonna kill myself and i would tell my coach that and he's like get up on the fucking board you'll deal with that later Uh, he's like like, you need to learn how to separate the home from here and i'm like oh so death is and then there were kids who would come in and say could i skip practice because i didn't do my homework oh sure go ahead why am i the exception Or not the exception to that rule. That my family's dying and you're not going to let me fucking sit out of practice for one day. Get the fuck out of here. I can't. That's the thing is like I never wanted to talk about it on a podcast. But like you got me heated about it because it's like I just I can't deal with these people who who just graze over everything and act like everything's okay. And that's why people are killing themselves. And that's to, to go to the Brock Turner thing. That's the fact where I can't stand like that's why he's not getting punished. It's because they see performance, 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 win, win, win. If you're a good swimmer, that's all you're meant to do. And that's your whole entire identity. And if you're not gonna win for us, and if you're gonna do if you're gonna rape somebody, okay, fine, as long as you're winning. And that's why he didn't get the punishment he yeah. he did he did he deserved and not only that he's also white i a hundred times bet you if he was he, if he was a black man or any type of racial minority there would have been a worse punishment because that's statistically what happens yeah and not only that but i think it speaks to the fact like there needs to be some type of better i'm sorry i'm so lit like no, right now like, like there needs to be some type of better like mental health for like the ncaa because it's like you're practicing twice a day you're doing this thing that's like becoming your life and you're also supposed to get good grades because the gpa is like evaluated within the you, within yeah. the season and you're not going to have any type of therapy for us or any type of thing that like if I say something you're not going to recognize it or you see cuts on my arm and you're like oh she can deal with that later no I'm sorry this oh the it's the whole thing of like oh your home is separate no this is my home Mm -hmm. my home is what I'm going to bring into practice because my practice is my life do you not understand that it's like you're doing it twice a day and the other for two hours for four hours a day six days a week I'm sorry. No. And you're going to sit here and tell me that my family's not important, but school is? Get the fuck out of Raj. I'm sorry. 
it's just like and that and that's like what, what why I'm saying it's like you these people and I'm so happy I fucking quit. I'm so happy I quit and not and it's it's like and I'm sorry like obviously like <laughs> so it's about you but it's like this is why like the these institutions are yeah. but this is why the institutions are the way they are yeah. is because they because if I because I didn't quit I didn't stay and make a difference so the NCAA is just going to keep going the way it is. You know, see what I'm saying? I didn't do anything to change it. I'm just one yeah. in, one out. Like, I truthfully, like, I'm so glad I do comedy now to kind of be like, fuck you. But at the same time, like, I didn't do anything to make a difference. I was just one person like, oh, yeah, she, she's just, the, I bet you that's the thing going around. Oh, Drew, oh, yeah, she's crazy. That's why she quit. 100%. That's what they, and I don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't ever think about it because I'm like, you guys can go fuck yourselves. You're not going to make the Olympics. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. And but like, like and if they do fucking good for you congratulations <laughs> like you're great they're not they're not bad people they don't know how to deal with it and frankly they just don't care and it's time to fucking care you know it's what i mean it's time to fucking care that's exactly it. it is time to fucking care and it's time to fucking to care about people who struggle with mental health issues and address it in a way that they can grow and become you know like you said right i would have become remission. a better athlete if i actually had the help yeah. that i needed they made me stay they the reason why they didn't have me compete was because they made me do a therapy program and my therapy program was going over the course of winter break so i was alone in my dorm room for six weeks finishing my therapy program oh my by God. the way my therapy program was two days a week for two hours so what was i doing the rest of the time sitting in my room doing nothing and i could i could have killed myself do you know what i'm saying yeah like they don't understand break. they should have been like no go home with your family that's what should make you feel better nope okay so anyways <laughs> I mean, it's like, on the other side of things, like, with Brock Turner, like, <coughs> these motherfuckers with these NCAA, like, yeah. double-ish things yeah. mm-hmm. on their plate are put in these, like, godlike positions where they feel like they don't have to be accountable for any of their actions. No, 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 like, no, 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 You've got to hold nope. these motherfuckers accountable. No. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter if you're winning for this college and bringing them all these spots or whatever like but it's that like, shouldn't and what, matter this is what, another student's life but what value does that what value does winning bring okay you're good at something like clout cool that's what i'm cool. saying there's no you're not changing the world and here's the thing it's cool to be i'm not bashing the olympics but i'm saying what is that compared to what he did that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. what is doing that it's like but why is that more important also like I'm sorry, like, if you're talking about numbers and wanting to bring students into your college, like, I'm sorry, everyone is going to associate that university a with the Brock Turner case. 100%. And oh, I'm not going to send my daughter there but, because if she gets fucking raped, they're not going to give a shit. That's what I'm saying. But if they if they punished him, I think people would have um, actually gone there because then they're like, oh, this, this like, university holds itself up to the standards mm-hmm. in the literal mm-hmm. book that they say, like, report to, like, the five nine. What's the thing? Oh shoot! Title nine, title, yeah, title nine. So yeah. they would like they would tell us like if anything happens, like go to title nine, and like literally like I would talk. I didn't say like I didn't get like sexually assaulted or anything, but like if I, I reported, I don't think anything would have fucking happened either. Yeah. So and the thing is like I'm sorry, but by and large, statistically, nothing fucking happens. No, it doesn't. Like, no, they don't like, run the fucking rape happen. kits. They don't. They don't. No. They, I mean. Mm-mm. honestly no no there's there is a story about our coach who like retired who said something that's very inappropriate to somebody and um coaches were sitting right there witnessing it and they didn't do anything and and it's it's one of those things where like it if you are producing a winner nothing else matters and that's it there's mm-hmm. really and that's a that is yep. literally what is is going on and like obviously it needs to change but that is like the end all be all like summary of what that is when i think outside of college campuses like in an actual criminal justice system like similar to what i experienced in las vegas it's like 
if I am one body and one life who's been traumatized and hurt by this, the amount of manpower and bodies they have to put into actually fully investigating this case in a city like Las Vegas that's filled with so much crime, it just, it, to them, it's not worth it. It's, no, it's like literally we run just the another rape file. Kit, there's not enough that we run the rape kit. We can't find a match. Case closed. Like, we can't, you know what I mean? Like, they, they don't have enough. It's not SVU to... law and order where, like, they literally figure it out. Oh, yeah. They don't know. I, I feel like when also a city like Las Vegas, they probably have so many rape kits to run that if they can't immediately match this DNA, to, like, they're just. And even, like, I even wonder, like, do they even run it? Like, to this day, I'm not convinced yep. mm-hmm. they even run a fucking right, kit. Right, right. You know? mm-hmm. It's, like, a more reassurance thing where it's, like, yep, we're going to run it. And it's, like, okay. And it's, like, I know it's, like, so, and it's sad to say out loud, but it's, like, I've, I feel like I've become so disillusioned to, like, a man getting too close to me or, like, touching me inappropriately. I'm, like, well, at least I'm not being violently, ra-. like, and that's awful that that's how I look at things. But I But you like- look at that, but you look at that. <laughs> Because that's, like, what you've been doing. That's what you have to compare it to. And, unfortunately, that's what happened in order to, like... Yeah. A comparison be like, oh, it's not that bad because it's not this. Yeah. And it's, like, I mm-hmm. even think of, like, when certain, like, news articles came out of people being sexually harassed or sexually assaulted during, like, since the Me Too movement has happened. Yeah. Somebody was like, oh, like, that's it? And it's, like, the <gasps> fact that we have a thought about somebody's one person should be enough oh that's it like it it shouldn't matter how severe the harassment was right being sexually harassed is being sexually harassed like we are not an open invitation like fucking boundaries and asking permission to Mm -hmm. touch people 100 is a must like i i nanny and i work with kids now and one of my biggest things is i try to always be like may i touch you and like ask permission and Uh try to instill in them that like you have to obtain consent before I like if I'm going to touch your arm I'd be like Drew may I touch your arm mm-hmm. and you'd be like yes and then I can touch your you know I think it's really important because if you start it with things as small as like hugs and high fives it I'm hoping will translate into like less people raping and getting away with it like I know it's no but it's it's small steps yeah it's definitely small steps and like that's like really really important that you teach that mm-hmm um yeah and go ahead and then I, like, I, know we need, up, but... I know we need to wrap up but i was just like the one other thing i was gonna say is i think a large part of it as well is the you're whole good. um yeah you're good yeah i was like i think another part of it as well is the um the sort of tendency to i feel so bad i completely fucking no you're you're good you're point. good you're good. It's, um, we're we gonna wrap it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so where can people find you? By the way, really, thank you for coming on and like oh, sharing thank, your story. Yeah. Honestly, like, so glad I, I got that out in the open, and you kind of like sparked that in me. And then I'm also super happy that you got out what you need to get out and yeah. talk about these issues are so pertinent to like right now, especially the Me Too movement, and like talking about um, just like personally, like just mm-hmm. talking about things yeah. that are personal to you and then also like how can like literally i'm not even kidding you i bet you i'll get messages about how this helps somebody i'm not kidding that happens all the I time really ho- i mean i really hope so and that was like when we were talking about things that i could talk about that i would feel comfortable and like i wasn't being hurtful to somebody else mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that's like i do want to tell my story because i know unfortunately i'm not the only person who shares that kind of story or something similar to it or even just somebody saying something to you that makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. like sexual harassment is sexual harassment mm-hmm. like be it assault rape whatever it's f- fucked up and like yeah we can have the me too movement but it's still happening so yeah all right yeah all righty well thank you for coming on the pod and can you give your um like instagram twitter yes and like okay. any big shows coming up yeah so my instagram is at jamie schreiner biddle and that's j-a-m-i-e-s-h-r-i-n-e-r 
B-I-D-D-L-E. Um, should be able to be found the same on Twitter as well. Okay. And uh, my big show I have coming up is I run a show here at the Laugh Factory called Naughty Thoughts. Oh, and yeah. uh, the next one's going to be January 25th at 11.30 p.m. Wait, January 25th? Yeah. Okay. January cool. 25th. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank and you for thank you for watching Doing Time. Yeah.